Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. Hey, so good to be with you this morning. Before we get going, I just want to welcome all of our first-time guests. So church, can we welcome them with a big hand clap? Hey, thanks for being here. Really glad you're at Renew Life Church today. My name's Keith, and I'm one of the associate pastors here. I have the privilege of getting to share this message with you today. And let's go ahead and jump jump right in. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is a portion of Scripture that you're probably really familiar with because you've been to a wedding before. And uh, this is always recited at every single wedding. I recite it at every single wedding. I'm doing a wedding on New Year's Eve this year. How about that? And uh, I'm going to use this scripture because it's always a good one. We're talking about love here. This is the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the church. Say, that's me. He's writing to the church. Say, that's me. And he's talking to them about love. So let's, let's read this. 1 Corinthians 13. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others... I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Today, I want to talk to you around the subject of loving others. Loving others. What does it mean to really love our neighbor? What does it mean to really love the people around us? What does it look like? Maybe more important than that, how important is it to God? And how important should it be to us to actually love others? So today I want to title this message, Love My People. Love My People. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time, this moment that we get to share together. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to be here. I'm asking you to lead and to guide us into all truth, to do what you do, to be a wonderful counselor. And I pray today that for all these people, that they don't leave the same way that they came in, but God, that you encourage them today, that you give them more than they're asking for, more than they're looking for, that you give them more wisdom, more understanding, and you just help them to be successful in life and in their relationship with you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. So how many of you guys ready for Christmas? Anybody ready for Christmas in here? All right, everyone else is lying. There's about 40 in here that are ready. But we're all ready for Christmas, right? I love Christmas, probably one of my favorite holidays. And there's all these things that we love about this time. And is anybody in here, and you're just going to have to admit it in front of God and everybody, you are a Christmas song junkie. Anybody a Christmas song? You love Christmas songs? Yes, and I love you because I am a Christmas song junkie. I love them, been singing them. Um, you know, we have one of our, our guys on staff, Mr. Tony Connor. He actually sings Christmas songs all year round. That's how much he likes them. So if y'all would come up and lay hands on him right now, we're going get to get him delivered from that. Um, no, 
But uh, we, we all love these things about Christmas, about the holidays, whether it's the songs or the time we get to spend with family, the food, the parties. We all, we all love these things. But if we were all honest, there's one thing that we love the most. And it's not a, it's not, it's not a Christian answer. All right? It's not something that you would yell out in church. But come on, we got to be real in here today. There's one thing that we all love, and it's the number one thing, and it's presence. No, not Jesus, presence. I said it, don't be, no Christian answers right now. We love presents. We love the presents, right? We look forward to the time we get to open that up with, open presents up with family and, and do all that. And, and yeah, I know it's great to give and it's better to give than to receive, but can we all just admit it feels really good to receive too? We like present time. Well, I want you just to imagine with me for a little bit, roll with me on this. Imagine that this Christmas is a little bit different. Imagine that this Christmas you wake up and you come out of your bedroom and there beside the tree is a huge Christmas present. I mean, it's massive. It doesn't even fit under the tree and it has your name on it. All right, this, this, now, now, now this present in this make-believe scenario right here, this present, it is, it, it's amazing. Like, like the, the, the wrapping paper matches the bow. The, the, the prettiest wrapping paper you've ever seen looks like ladies like Joanna Gaines decorated your present. Guys, you have like, there's camouflage on it or pictures of steak. I don't know, whatever's wrapping your, your paper. But I mean, it just, it looks good. And then you, you, you run over to, I mean, this man, it, it looks great. You run over, you open the little tag and it has your name on it. But it's written in cursive. But not just any cursive, Christmas cursive. With the little dillies, you know, like an elf wrote it. Yeah, I mean, it has angel dust on it. I mean, this thing, what are you going to be thinking in that moment? Because I know what I would be thinking. If I saw something like that, I'm like, if it looks that good on the outside, I can't imagine what's on the inside. Like, if it looks that good, there's got to be something amazing in there. So you run over thinking something amazing is in it. You begin to rip that present apart only to find out that there's actually nothing inside. That's wrong, right? We had a gasp over here, like, what? Joanna Gaines was involved in nothing? All right. How did this happen? Nothing. The gift is, is actually missing. When I ask you today, if this were to happen in this moment with no gift, would the pretty wrapping paper and the Christmas cursive, would it matter very much to you in that moment? It wouldn't. It would become nothing but paper and, and a piece of cardboard because the very thing that is most valuable, the very thing that, that makes the present what it is, is actually missing. The thing that has value, the thing that is most important, it's not there. And can I just say, that when you have a believer who doesn't love others, it looks a little bit like that. You see, we can have it all together on the outside. We can pray 47 times a day, and, and we can worship hard, and, and we can read our Bible, you know, two times a day, every single day. We never miss church. We bring our family. We talk about God at dinner. Whatever. We have all these things. But if you don't have love for others on the inside, Paul says 
you've gained nothing. You see, the very thing that is of most value, the thing that matters most, is missing. You might be thinking, wow, that's, that's a hard word to hear. I was like, yeah, I know. I've been preparing since Monday, and I've been hearing it all week. You might be thinking, well, is, is loving others really like that? Is it really that big of a deal? I mean, I, you've heard messages. You, you, you hear growing up, treat others like you want to be treated, to love other people, to be kind. But is it really that big of a deal? Is it really like that kind of a present? You see, I wonder... I I wonder what would happen if the world were to rush into the church and open the present called the church, its people. What would they find inside of us? Would they just see the outside? Or when they opened it up, would they see on the inside that we truly, truly, truly love people? That we love one another. That we have love for each other. That we love our neighbor as ourselves. I think we have to ask ourselves, what's in there? What's in here? Is it really love? You know, this is that big of a deal. In fact, the Apostle Paul tried to make it as big of a deal as he could. Here he is, he's talking to the church in Corinth, and, and he's just, you know, just to set up 1 Corinthians 13, here's what Paul has just done. He's gotten in front of them, and he shared a message that everybody loved. Everybody left feeling happy. And you know what that message was? That message is that the Spirit of God has gifted every single one of you. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about these spiritual gifts that the Spirit has blessed the church with. So Paul's up there, and he's preaching. He's sharing this with the church. You've got gifts. You're talented. He's encouraging them. And then all of a sudden, he gets to 1 Corinthians 13. And what he does is he sobers up the church. He said, everything I just said was true. All the gifts that you have, all true. But you need to hear what's most important. And look at what he says in 1 Corinthians 13. He begins to list out this scenario. He said, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clinging cymbal. Then he goes on to list more. If I had the gift of prophecy, if I understood all God's secret plans, if I possessed all knowledge, if I had faith that I could move mountains with, if I gave everything I have to the poor, if I even sacrificed my body. Now, I just want want you to look at these characteristics. Let's just take a real person, all right, is up here. Let's say you ran into that person and they had all these things. They could speak all the languages of earth. Oh, even better, and of angels. Just let that sit there. (laughs) The gift of prophecy, they understood all God's secret plans. They have all knowledge. They have faith that moves mountains. Not only that, they're humble. They gave everything they have to the poor. They even sacrificed their body. If there was a person that existed that could do all that, what would we call them? We would call them a super Christian. They're really close to Jesus. They spell their name J-E-S-U. Sorry, that joke came in my head just now, and it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> at all, at all. It was really bad. I don't even know how you say that. Hey, Sue, and somehow I went Spanish just now. I don't, why did I, ch- I don't, okay, here we go. We're, I lost myself and everybody. 
But you have this person up here, they can do all those things. Those things are amazing. And Paul says this, yeah, you could have all that, but if you don't love others, not my words, Paul's, you're nothing. He says you've gained nothing. You're just a, you're just a person rolling around making a lot of noise. What was Paul getting at? He was getting at it matters what's on the inside. It matters what really motivates you, what's really in your heart. And he's saying, do you love others? You may, you may value the gifts that I've given you. You may value all the miracles that you see. You, you value you know, all these things. But he's saying there's one thing that is above it all, and it's actually loving the world, loving others. You know, I'm so glad. Actually, you know, I'm, I'm glad that Paul made it clear, but it's, it's a little hard to, to wrap my head around. But I just noticed that he doesn't say, you know, you could have the gift of prophecy and understand all these things. But if you didn't love the people that were mean to you, you would be okay. He said, if you don't love others, he didn't say, if you, if you don't love the people that don't deserve it. He didn't just say, hey, just love, just love the people that look like you. Love the people that dress like you. Love the people that have good style, but the people who don't, eh. Love the people who religiously watch Fixer Upper. Joanna Gaines has gotten back into the conversation, all right? But, but those people who think different than you and who have a different co- who are a different color and who have a different political belief, those people, no, he said, love others. Love others. You know, God was pretty clear. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For God so loved who? The world. Everyone. You know, this is one of those messages that's a little bit hard to hear, isn't it? Because I really think we should be asking ourselves, like this is what I kept asking myself this week, do I really love others? Do I really love them? Do you, Keith, do you really love those people? Do you really love the people who, I'm going to say it, cut you off in traffic? Do you love those people? Well, God, no, I don't. Absolutely. In fact, I can think of another word about those people. It's a four-letter word, and it starts with hate. (laughs) Do you love others? You see, this is all, this is it's one of those messages like, yeah, you know, like, like let's love others. <clears throat> love others. You know, we should love God, love ourselves, love people. Good word, pastor. Except there's two problems that we face when it comes to loving people. Two problems. And if you have a, a notebook and a pen, I'd like you to write these down. Two problems that we face when it comes to loving people. Number one, they're people. Number two, we have to love them. That is the problem. Because how many of you know people aren't easy to love? People don't believe the same way that we do. They don't act the same way that we do. The, the, the people are weird. People smell bad. People do things that get on our nerves and irritate us. You know, it, it's hard to love people. But can I just remind you today that that doesn't actually surprise God? 
that God actually knew that when he, when he asked you to love people. He actually knew exactly what he was asking you to do. He knew when he said, love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself, he knew what he was asking you to do was going to be difficult. It was going to be hard. It wasn't going to be easy. In other words, it's not like the books you read and the movies that you watch. You're not always going to feel like loving people. It's not always going to be easy. It dang sure won't be fun all the time. But he still wants you to do it. How are we supposed to do that? We'll enter in 1 John chapter 4. And he makes it real clear. He says, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. He said, you have all these concepts of love, and you, you have these people that are hard to love, so I want you to know what real love is. You know what real love is? Real love is sacrifice. Real love equals sacrifice. It means that you're okay if you don't feel like loving people. Can we just, can we just admit that to ourselves? Like, I don't know if you've ever beat yourself up, but man, you're like, man, I should be more kind. Man, I should love people a lot more than I do. Man, I should not say that about people. Man, I shouldn't talk that way. Can I just say, hey, welcome to the club. You're normal. You're normal. Which is why John tells us real love takes sacrifice. In other words, it's outside of normal. It's outside of your flesh. You're not always going to want to do it. It's going to require sacrifice. That means sometimes you don't need to post that. That means sometimes you don't need to say that. That means sometimes even though you have a godly opinion, maybe it's not the right time to share it, and you sacrifice what you want to say and listen. You sacrifice how you feel and what you want to do. You sacrifice your place in line. You sacrifice that spot on the road. You sacrifice your schedule. Oh, I'm headed this way. I got this thing to do. Hold on. There's a, there's a moment where you can stop and love on somebody. Will you do it? You see, God wants us to love, but he knows it's going to take sacrifice. You know, Paul, he, he didn't come out and just say this in 1 Corinthians 13, but he begins to give these a list of what love really is. And I want to bring up this list this morning because it, just, just take this in. He said, he's teaching this, the church this, and they barely have a concept of love in the first place. And he's like, hey, love people, and this is what it is. Love is patient. It's kind. It's not jealous. It's not boastful. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not rude. Guys, it's not rude. And all the ladies said amen really quietly. Let's back all the way up to the top. Love is patient. Patient? Really, God? That's what love is? Patient. Pretty sure. I know it's a fruit of the Spirit, but ain't no fruit I'm eating. All right, patient. Kind. It doesn't demand its own way. Oh, this one got all over me when I was reading it. Love is not irritable. I said, God, you know I have kids. You know this. You know I live in Midland, God. You know people are crazy in Midland, God. You know every time my wife goes to TJ Maxx and I decide to go with her, which is 
rare that there is too many people in the mall, at the stores, in line, off Midland Drive. Why are you exiting when I want to exit? Get out of my way. I have road rage. Forgive me, but not irritable. What? I love Paul. He, he sort of warms you up. He either warms you up to these things. It's like, oh, yeah, all these people have this, you know, whatever. And then he starts to get into the deep things. He said, you want to know what real love is? Love keeps no record of being wronged. No record of being wronged. Man. Even the people that I don't know very well that are mean and hateful. Yeah. Love keeps no record of being wronged. It rejoices over truth and justice. Oh, and that's a big one, too, because a lot of times the people that we don't like, I feel like we rejoice when ah, bad things happen. No, it never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful, and it endures. I think you get the point. Real love equals sacrifice. I don't know if you're like me, but you read this, and you you realize, man, I don't want to do most of these I don't want the majority of these things. I'd rather, I'd rather do the opposite. It's a lot easier. I said, yeah, that's why I told you what love was, because this is what it should look like. This is the kind of love you should have for the people who talk differently than you talk and live differently than you live. Man, sounds a quite opposite of what we see around us. Doesn't it? You know what we want to do today? You know what everyone does today? We want to point out everything that's different. We want to point out everything that's wrong. We need to let the world know everything that's wrong. And can I just say this? Love does not separate. Love sacrifices. Love doesn't separate. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Neither angels, nor demons, nor principalities, nor rulers of darkness. No, nothing, not one thing can ever separate us from the love of God. You want to know why? Because love doesn't separate. The truth is, when we go to separate, we're not loving. Can I just be honest with you today? This is a, one of those messages that I'm preaching to myself as I'm preaching to you. I think we have to be reminded that, man, this is, it's this important to God. He said this. He said, how will people know that you're my disciples? Do you know how that scripture ends? By your love for one another. How, how's the world supposed to recognize us? How are we supposed to stand out? How are we going to be different? Oh, they see love. They see us loving one another. They see us loving the, a race that's not our race. They see us loving a, a financial situation that's not our fight. They, they, they see us loving all kinds of people. You know, here I was, I was driving this week. It was Thursday is when, all, when it was raining, when it was cold, and, and it was like sleeting and snowing, and the weather couldn't make up its mind, and was getting Chick-fil-A, and I was on my way back. Had this message on my mind, and sure enough, get behind People who don't know how to drive, and, you know, and I'm trying to drive the right way, but nobody knows how, and it's just it's ba- it's getting backed up. I get mad, and I sort of whip around, and I notice there's a truck stopped that had its hazards on, and there's these two, there's people walking around, and it's, it's sleet, and it's raining, and it's cold outside. And I notice that these two men, 
or helping this person who was probably homeless. They were in a wheelchair. The road was flooded. They couldn't get across. And here these guys had stopped. They'd gotten out, and they were helping this person. Can I just say they had somewhere to go? They had a place to be. They had a job that day. They had a schedule to keep. They didn't have a coat on. They knew it was cold, but what did they do? They decided to sacrifice. And it spoke to me. It moved me. That they would go out of their way to do what? To love someone. Love someone who needed it the most in that situation. You know, there's a story that we all know that I want to close with today. It's a story of Jesus and Zacchaeus. And we know the story of Zacchaeus. We, we sing the song and we know what happened, but I think it's a great picture of, of love. And I want to read it to you today. I want to remind you of some things. Luke chapter 19, verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus, and he called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I'll give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I'll give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Here we see Jesus coming through the town. And can I let you know, he didn't plan to stop in Jericho. He was on his way to Jerusalem. In other words, he had a plan. He had a schedule. But there was something more important than his schedule and getting to where he needed to be. And that was people. And it was loving on people. And you know what? He decides that he chooses the person who, who doesn't deserve it, who deserves it the least. He says, Zacchaeus, get out. I'm going to your house. Notice the response of the people. In our terms, they said, Really? Zacchaeus? He's short. No, that's not what they said. He's a notorious sinner. He's gotten rich off of all of us, and you're going to go to his house. Wow, Jesus, really? And we don't see what really happens in the story. We don't know the conversation that, that happens at Zacchaeus' house. We have no idea what happens there, but we have the most important detail. And we know this, we know that Zacchaeus stood before the Lord. He stood before Jesus. He stood before love. 
He stood before grace and he stood before mercy. He stood before acceptance. He stood before somebody who accepted him when nobody else would. He stood before somebody who looked past his faults, looked past all the ways he had sinned, looked past all the ways he had screwed up and messed up and said, yeah, you, yeah, you, I love you. I want you. I want to go to your house. I don't even know if Jesus said much. I I believe it was the very presence of love that changed his life that day. And in a moment with Jesus, his whole heart changed. And salvation came to his house. This is the opportunity that you have. This is the opportunity that I have. This is what love really does. This is what real love does. Real love brings grace. Real love shows mercy. Real love accepts those who are not accepted. It forgives those who have wronged you. Real love changes things. It really changes things. Like for real. You mean me just smiling at a person will change them? Yeah. You being kind? Yes. Not being jealous, not being proud, not being irritable. It makes a difference. It sure does. I love what really happens here. Notice the response that Zacchaeus gives. He says, Jesus, I'm going to go sell half my wealth, and I'll pay back four times as much to those people I've stolen from. Hear me today. He didn't make that decision because he felt judged. He didn't make that decision because he was standing in front of Almighty God and he thought, man, if I don't get this right, I'm going down. He's going to put me back up in the tree and lightning's coming to the tree. No, he was moved with compassion and with love. Let me put it this way. He saw love and his first response was to love others. He saw love and his first response was to love others. He saw love. And he didn't have to be taught. He didn't have to hear a message. He saw love and experienced it. And his first thing was, oh, I want to take that to those people that I've been messing with. You see, it's in the very presence of Jesus that we find our love for others. It's when we stand before him. Some of you might be thinking, man, it's really hard. I don't know if I can really love these people. In fact, in about a week, I'm going to go with some people, family, and I need some help loving, being kind, being patient, not being irritable. How do you get there? How How do you find this love that God's talking about? You find it in the face of Jesus, standing before him, at his feet, spending time with him. And here's what happens. His love gets so much on you that it empowers you with the same love for others. Close with this. Jesus, I feel like the Lord shared very clearly this for our church. Simple statement. He said, I want my people to love my people. I want my people to love my people. And I knew what he meant when he said it. What he meant was, I want my church to love the world. I want my people, the church, to love my people, the world. Would you say yes? You say, yes, God, I'll do it. I'll choose to. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. 
You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.